Welcome to the Shale Solutions Podcast. Today, I'm excited to bring to you a conversation with Kate Anderson. She is a realtor with Coldwell Bankers in the Des Moines area. In this episode, we dive in a bit into just what it's like to work in the real estate industry with the intent, hopefully, of letting people that are considering getting into real estate know what to expect, uh, what the work that you'll have to put into it is, how much work you'll have to put in, and I also wanted to try to bring out some information that would be valuable to home buyers, so anybody looking to purchase a house, especially if it's their first time. I hope you enjoy the conversation. With that, we'll jump right in. Okay, joining me today is Kate Anderson. She's a realtor with Caldwell Bankers based in West Des Moines. She's also a proud mother and a certified septic queen, which the... <laughs> more uh, proper business uh, term for that and the the background on that inside joke is she's so dedicated to her craft that she even took a course about septic tanks so in case she's helping out a client that either wants to buy a house with one or is uh, helping sell one then she knows the ins and outs um, so how are we doing today Kate I'm good thank you <clears throat> awesome so you've been in this industry for a while now what's uh how did you get into this um, before this career, I was a shoe wholesaler, so that means mm. I sold shoes to Nordstrom's, Von Maurer, DSW, that sort of thing. Um, my second love was houses rather than shoes, <laughs> and I wanted to be more. I wanted to be home a little bit more um, with my kiddos once mm-hmm. I have one. So jumped into real estate. Have a look back. Awesome. So how uh, how long have you been doing this? November 2012, so coming up on my 10 year. Coming up on 10 years, awesome. Uh, so I know a big thing that you know you always kind of bring up uh, in our meetings when we're meeting with our group is kind of the some of the differences between people that are either, well not to knock, people that are new into real estate, um, but kind of the difference of somebody that's, you know, really puts it all in versus the kind of part-time real, maybe a lot of part-time realtors out there um, so what are some of the kind of things that you've done to, you know, make sure you can best serve your clients that maybe isn't quite as common as people think? I think education is really important um, on different various items out there. Um, Austin mentioned septics, obviously, <laughs> um, but even negotiations, um, roofs, HVAC foundations, Mm -hmm. um, knob and tube wiring, all of that fun stuff. So I think education is really important and also having a good network of uh, local people that you can call on, whether it's electrician, roof, plumbing, etc. Yeah, because I remember you saying was about 85 to 90 percent of realtors fail within the first five years. And I wonder if part of that is so you don't need a degree to get into being a realtor but like you said, if you want to be good at it, there is a lot of stuff to go go out and learn. And you think maybe that has something to do? People jump into the practice, maybe they underestimate it or? I think people jump in and think it's easy money. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be in a certain market, but however, um, we work our tails off mm-hmm. as well. And we get in some pretty sticky situations. Um, we're working all hours of the day. It's um, not unheard to be up at 10.30 at night negotiating an offer. 
or hmm. getting called last minute to go show an acreage when, I don't know, you have your son's birthday party. Mm-hmm. So um, just because we have an afternoon off doesn't mean that we're not showing on Friday night. Yeah, so. especially his last couple of years. I know when my buddy was buying a house, I think the one he ended up buying was one of maybe two. He even got to tour in person and the market was really going crazy and something would be listed and a couple hours later be sold. So, yeah, I definitely have to always be on your toes in this business. Um, So part of this podcast, I want to get to know people in different industries and then maybe as somebody on the younger side trying to figure out what they do, you know, give them a little insight into what it takes to, you know, work in that industry. So could you go back to um, when you try to get into Realty, what's kind of the the process, just starting from square zero? Well, uh... I would say getting your license first. You have mm-hmm. to take classes, etc., to get your license. Um, picking your brokerage, make sure that your brokerage fits who you are and know what they offer you, whether they offer you education or not. If you're mm-hmm. a new agent, you will probably need a lot of handholding. So um, I would definitely go to a brokerage then that would hold your hand and train you. Having good contacts out there, um, being very dedicated to the profession. I know that for two to three years, I held an open house almost every weekend, Mm -hmm. um, trying to sell the house and get buyers. So um, you're not going to make much. I didn't make much my first year. I think I made $32,000. My next year, I think I made $37,000. My third year was was when it kind of came around. Um, in my fourth and fifth year, I kind of finally felt like I was a real realtor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so like I said, even, even though there, you know, the barrier of entry might be a couple months of studying, you know, it still can take a few years before you really hit your stride, kind of similar to going to college for a few years. But I like to say, at least you're making money during that time. You're not just sitting and spending money, uh, for a few years. Um, so let's think of it as, or think about the situation of somebody's looking to buy a house for the first time, and you're going to help them uh, do that. What are kind of the some of the big things that always pop up that maybe catch people off guard, or you'd really want people to be prepared for when they're going into buying a house for the first time? Sure. I have um, bullet points to go over with the clients, but as far as the the house and the property and the structure. Um, if it's an older house, say it's um, probably anywhere 1970s and older, the first mm-hmm. place I'm going to take that buyer is the basement. I'm not even going to let them look around. Hmm. And the reason why is because I want them to see that foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a bowing wall, that's something that you need to know. Um, we're going to look at that HVAC system, a.k.a. Um, furnace water heater, AC. We're going to look at the electrical system. Mm-hmm. I'm not an, an expert in any of it. Um, however, I know enough maybe to be dangerous <laughs> or know if we need to look further. Then we're going to go up and check out the house, siding, windows, roof. More than likely as a first-time homebuyer, you're not going to get them all. Mm-hmm. But the more you can get, the better. Um, I have a lot of clients that fall in love with what I call the pretty, um, the white cabinets, the granite countertops, 
you know, the pretty pink mm, colors, yep. the staging, which I get. I, I get caught up in that too, but you got to have the good bones mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, for sure. Because if you got to fix something that is deep in the building, you're going to just have to tear out all that pretty stuff anyway, potentially. Or potentially. Um, or at least know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Be educated. Okay, my furnace is on its last leg, so I need to be prepared for that um, expense mm-hmm. coming down the road. Yeah. So all those things that you listed that, you know, you instantly go check out with a new buyer <clears throat> is that something that took you kind of a while to to grasp okay what are the priority things to look at so when you were starting to get into reality and sure getting good at your job um my first and second houses were built in the 1920s so mm. i understood old houses pretty well um before i got into real estate um, but I also spent every inspection at my inspector's side and asking him questions okay. and just learning about houses. Um, I still don't know everything. It's impossible to know mm-hmm. everything in a house, but um, I've seen a lot for sure. Yeah. What, uh, what are any, any particular stories that come to mind of things that you'd look at a house and you'd, you know, something really catches you off guard or... Oh, I remember in the 1920s bungalow seeing a furnace, I believe it was. I don't think it was a boiler. Um, that took up about the whole room, pretty much. It was an mm. old, old furnace. Um, that was kind of fun to see. Um, I've seen walls coming in. Um, I've seen knob and tube is old, old wiring. And I've seen it hanging mm. low where people could touch it. <laughs> a little scary there. Um, I've ran into almost everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that because I probably ha- still have more to come. <laughs> yeah. Well, just uh, definitely a uh, testament to just having years of experience and never knowing what you're going to come up to next, which I suppose keeps the job interesting. I mean, no houses alike, so. <clears throat> it does keep it interesting. I still get excited when I get to go look at houses in Beaverdale or Waterbury or even new construction. Um, just seeing what the trends are or, I don't know. I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so let's say somebody is, they like the house, you think. You know, upon inspection, it seems like a good thing to put in an offer on. What are the next steps for trying to buy a house? Once you yeah look at it and you think, okay, I want to put in an offer. Well, just to back you up a little bit, Austin, um, you need to make sure that you're fully Um, pre-approved with the lender. That is key. I usually don't even hit the ground running with my buyers until they have that. so for reference, anybody listening to this episode after the fact, go back to episode um, two, I believe, with Charlie Chester at Midwest Family Lending. So if you want to learn more about that and be ready for Kate to come in and kick ass, then there you yep. go. But, uh, Charlie's your first one to go to, and <laughs> then he usually kicks them over to me and says they're ready to go, um, and then we hit the ground running. Um, another reason why is we need to know what type of loan you have 
if you are going to go with an FHA or a VA loan, you can only buy certain houses with those loans. Hmm. So because the condition has to be up to a certain level. Um, okay, so you couldn't buy like a like a real, you know, would that be like a real beater that you're going to maybe fix up? Like it's got to be kind of, yeah, like gotta to a certain. It's got to be like you, you can't have lead-based paint chipping. The concrete has to be pretty even, you know, mm. certain things. Um, Interesting. So you need to know that. Otherwise, if you just go look at every house and you're only buying with an FHA loan, you're spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. You're, you're what, just, uh, what percentage of houses out there wouldn't, do you think, apply for that or is it would that just be kind of a select few most of them would fit or is that something oh that's a tough one um that's a tough one i would say probably some of the older ones would be tougher because obviously they just have been around longer so concrete's gonna shift there's Mm -hmm. gonna be possibly lead-based paint um so it really depends on how the property has been maintained because okay. it could be a 1920s bungalow and it's perfectly maintained. Mm-hmm. It could go FHA. So it just really depends. Hmm. Okay. And FHA, so VA, that would be what, veteran? The veterans loan. Okay. Yep. So then what is FHA? Again? FHA is a lot for first-time home buyers. It's a government-backed oh, okay. yep. loan and you're putting 3.5% down. So. Okay. Awesome. Yep. <clears throat> All right, so then, so the next step is you, you know you have the funds, now you put in an offer, is that the next yep. step? we put in the offer, we negotiate, um, and hopefully we get it accepted. Mm-hmm. You need to um, put down some earnest money. That's just basically good faith money, and it will be mm-hmm. held in the listing agent's escrow account, fancy word for savings account. Okay. It will be a credit to you at closing, if you get all the way mm. to closing. If you decide, oh, don't want to buy this house, you will lose it. Oh, okay. Um, but that's just kind of, you have a little skin in the game. So. Yeah, makes sense. Um, <clears throat> okay, so once you're, when, so when does like the contract start to come into play? Does that kind of go along with offers? Yep. Or is that, okay. So I, I will rarely do a verbal offer. I will do a lot, verbal offer maybe if the buyer wants to go in really, really, really low, just to see if the seller even wants to play ball. Um, But usually I I do all offers. I write them all up and put it on a contract and send it over to the listing agent. Awesome. So the contracts, I know, so that's probably one of the biggest parts of your job, right? Kind of digging into contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you just dive into that? Kind of like things you would want to know as somebody looking into getting becoming a realtor or a new home buyer what what's kind of some of the stuff involved in the the contract that sure. people don't know honestly i other than the price you're going to pay sure. and then i suppose you know maybe the contingent on selling a current house if you're that so so what are kind of some of the key features of contracts when buying sure. a house um a contract will lay out uh, the parties involved and what our roles are as those parties. It will lay out time periods and how to calculate time periods, which is very, very important. It will lay mm. out, obviously, who buyer sellers are and 
the property's legal and parcels and addresses and all that fun stuff. It will talk about financing. And if you are financing, if you're doing a cash buy and um, the details of cash buying, it will lay out um, if you're asking for closing cost, it will lay out inspection items or inspection time periods, I should say. It will lay out abstracting, uh, wood destroying pest inspections, um, insurance. Uh, I'm kind of going through the contract in my head. Mm -hmm. um, included items. That's really, really important. Um, mm, so would that involve like uh, any appliances? Appliances. Left behind. Yep. Um, whether washer and dryer staying or they're going. Um, say there's something that is questionable whether or not it stays with the property. That's where you address that. Okay. Um, what are some examples of that you've seen well, that come to mind? We've gotten, realtors have gotten really good at identifying those items. Um, but I've seen, I've heard of people even fighting over a bird bath. Um, mm -hmm. A shed. Yeah, I, read, I read one, uh, or listened to one book about a big realtor and he's selling, I don't know, like a 15, 20 million dollar mansion and one of the uh, contingency was everything was to be left in the home and it, it came down to like a blanket with sentimental value mm -hmm. <laughs> was coming between yep. buying or not buying this 20 million dollar <laughs> correct penthouse. Yep. Um, there's a lot of emotions involved in buying and selling real estate. So, mm -hmm. um, so yes, there's a lot, a lot of that that could come up. And as your agent or realtor, um, we help to try to keep those things in check. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes at 10, 11 p.m., mm -hmm. <laughs> calming, calming down a buyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So something to be prepared for, everybody, if you're, you're looking into getting into this. Definitely got to be a people person, I'm guessing. Hand, hands down, a lot of people get in it, and um, they're just not they're just not people. Mm -hmm. People person. <laughs> um, you have to like people. You have to like trying to help them and navigate mm -hmm. the buying process. Yeah. Um, and putting out fires is another um big component of this mm -hmm. seems like every week you and you and charlie always have some fresh story of yep putting out a fire on yep. the weekly that's just our <laughs> weekly this is what we do so mm -hmm. um thick skin as well if you're wanting to get in this um mm -hmm. don't i wouldn't get your um heartbroken if a friend decides to go buy or sell their home with a different agent you have to have thick skin mm -hmm. in this business yeah so. for sure let's go back to the being a realtor side so people are maybe thinking about getting into this understand what so what what are the ways that you get compensated as the realtor um so yeah so how to so if somebody gets into this business what what can they expect for you know how do they Get compensation at you know at the beginning, and then what what's kind of that difference when you're you know really hitting your stride and sure. Um, well, I got my first sale. 
Oh, I would say it was probably around month five or six. So I went without an income for a while. Mm. Um, but I had prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I had saved. And um, luckily, my husband has a very stable job with good insurance. Um, mm-hmm. So that worked out great. Um, and then I just I took any leads. I helped senior agents. I held houses open. Um, I worked my tail off, honestly. Um, and over time, it eventually pays off. It's really fun because I'm probably mm-hmm. on my third or fourth year of getting repeat clients. Like last night, I just went to a repeat client's house um, to help mm. her sell it. Wow. So that's Yeah, really you start fun. to build a network and then do an awesome job for one couple that just bought a house and then oh they know somebody that's going to buy one correct definitely one of those industries where kind of building that organic network yep it pays off a lot yep it just takes time Mm -hmm. so So is it based on or i know i remember writing down kind of flat v versus was it kind of percentage of the deal sure typically it's six percent um and the the seller will pay that out um, and that seller. Will, okay, yeah. Yep, the seller will pay that out, and that will pay all brokerages and agents. So, in a transaction, you generally have a listing agent, the listing agent's broker, and then the buying agent and the buying agent's broker. Okay. Um, you can be dual agent, so the same agent represents both buyer and seller. That can happen. All parties mm. need to agree to that, though. Okay, so if you, you know, you have a big enough network and you just happen to know both mm-hmm. sides and mm-hmm. are like, oh, I think these people could work together, yep. you know, on a deal. I did that last year. And for that particular, um, those particular clients on both sides, it worked great. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew of a house that was being sold and I had buyers looking for that particular type of house. Um, it can go really smoothly and it can work to everybody's advantages or it can go the other way. Mm-hmm. So just depends. Yeah. So that 6% or whatever it ends up being, so you said the the seller, that usually comes out of the seller's pocket mm-hmm. in the end of the deal? Mm-hmm. Is that every case or most, pretty much? Most cases. Yep. I would okay. say 99.9%. Okay. Yep. So anybody that's looking at selling their house, that's something to be yep. prepared for. But then if you're, so if you're buying, it's not really a factor the not necessarily okay. no and then so i guess so, that, so that's six percent does that go towards so if you're the realtor ho- or trying to sell a house does that go to you or if you also so how that buyer side yeah how does that how does that, that work? work um so at closing um the listing agents brokerage will get the commission checks for all parties and then generally we will um divide them out and i'll pay out the buyer's agent and the buyer's broker okay so if Um, you're so if you're helping so either helping people find a house to buy or helping them sell you you get you get paid okay you get paid all right because listing agents work really hard on getting the house ready and pricing it and doing all the documents on that side and helping mm. with showings, et cetera. It's a lot of work on that side, but there's also a lot of work on the buying side too. Running around town showing. You could be showing them for three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so 
it, it sounds like it's easy, but there's a lot of work to it for sure. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot of patience in this uh, discipline. So how about we dig into, I don't know, your opinions, I guess, on kind of the market as of late. I don't know. I'll, as Like as a young uh. person, I know, like as a young person, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know anything about this stuff, but like, you know, prices go way up or like people are buying super fast and then things change and you always hear about, you know, the last time there was a big housing thing, but I was too young to remotely know what's going on then. So what's uh, kind of your take, take or, on it. Uh, or even just a general overview that to better explain it to a lay person like me that I really don't, outside of like listening to you present on some stuff, I... It was just like, well, whatever people yeah. are saying is all I could really tell. 2020 hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first three <laughs> weeks of the pandemic, it was crickets, I would say. And what does this mean and how is it going to roll? And uh, we had a great year on 2020. Um, there was a lot of buyers and activity out there. Um, interest rates were low, so tons mm. of refis. Mm. Um, lenders were very, very, very busy. Then 2021 hit. <laughs> 2021 was unlike anything I've seen before. Um, I ran my tail off. Um, Is that when everybody was just buying like crazy? Buying or? and selling, right. and prices were were high. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it was multiple offers. Um, go as fast as you can, and put the best offer in above list price. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, the the demand was just insanely high? Correct. Yep. And the interest rates were great. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, 2021 was, I don't think, I don't know if we'll ever see another year like that. I shouldn't say ever, but I mean, I don't think that's going to be common to have another 2021 by any means. Mm-hmm. Um. Then 2022 came along, and my year's been pretty good. Um, Interest rates have ticked up, um, but it's all relative, right? Yeah. Um, So, like, okay, relative to 2021 or whatever, yes, they seem high, but I know you and Charlie always saying, like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, they're nothing crazy at the moment. In the grand scheme of things, to me, they're nothing crazy. Mm and what do you, what do you consider of, like a high, like you're I thinking long term or what you've seen? I heard rates, oh gosh, I think it was the 80s I heard that they were like in the teens. Mm, mm-hmm. um, that just seems crazy to me. Um, my first house, I think I bought it at 6.625 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's it's just normalizing the market um it's stabilizing our price is gonna come down maybe a little bit but compared to what 2021 where they were sky high mm-hmm. um where the listing price was just the opening gate to negotiations it always went above not always but most of the time um where now the listing price usually they get that or a little bit off so I don't think you can compare any year to 2021. I think the market's stabilizing. Yes, we have decreases. Yep. Anything crazy? No. 
Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. I'm not an expert in statistics. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just been it's been interesting to watch, and then I know it's nice to hear people actually in the industry kind of giving their opinion because especially if you're younger like me, you're just hearing the another 26-year-old saying their opinion. I'm like, eh, okay, what, what do you really know versus, you know, the, say the realtor I know. And a common saying in the industry is date the rate, marry the house, meaning. Mm, yeah, what does that you know, mean again? I remember you guys talking about that. Date the rate. So, okay, right now they're between six and seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you really need to proceed and move on with your life and get the next house or whatever, that's great. Um, go ahead, 6 7%, and then maybe down the road you can refi when it comes down. Mm-hmm. But make sure you get the house you want. You're marrying the house. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's always more money. or Money comes and goes, but you're going to be in that house every day, and mm-hmm. especially, you know, if it's, there's any problems come up with the house then that's just going to be even more money mm-hmm. so there's definitely and, a lot but i should say that within reason austin no. <laughs> <laughs> um get the house that's reasonable for you i'm never a fan to put all your mm-hmm. your whole budget into the house i'm a very conservative agent so um i don't want someone to be house poor by any means mm-hmm. so. is that uh is that something you find a lot or especially with maybe younger people are they maybe overconfident in their budget or people usually it varies Mm. it varies a lot um i have people going right to their max on the top dollar that they can buy Mm -hmm. and i have people that make good money that buy small houses and for lesser dollar um so it really depends on the person. It really mm-hmm. does. And how they handle money. What are some of the biggest hurdles to jump through? Just so being a realtor in general, what are kind of the, the biggest hurdles I get thrown your way when you're trying to, you know, get a deal finished or so somebody's trying to get into this industry and are like, okay, what are what are the really tough things I'm gonna have to deal with or can kind of come out of left field? Um I think just personalities um, sometimes mm. can be interesting, um, whether it's your clients, other clients, other agents, etc., cetera, um, and learning how to navigate those. Um, anything can come up, guys. Like, we've had fires, we've had break-ins, we've had mm. mold, we've had flooding, we've had... Um, things that happen after close that the sellers knew about. Um, anything happens. Mm-hmm. Especially in Iowa when we get everything from blizzards to now land hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I called it the year of the roofs last year. Like I had mm. to, re- I had four or five houses getting roofs replaced during the transaction. Mm. That just complicates it more. Yeah. Um, so I'd imagine at least insurance would probably cover that, but then it's just going to, yeah, make the sale. It's just obviously. more complicated. Mm-hmm. Like right now I have one in West Des Moines from the hailstorm that we had a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. something like that. And it's being replaced. It's closed on, but currently being replaced. So how do we navigate the insurance and the escrow and the money and et cetera? 
So mm-hmm. it just creates more things yeah. <laughs> to work through. So with that, what are, um, in terms of like, okay, accepting an offer and closing or that process, what are some kind of average times? Like if you're going to, what to expect, you know, make sure people sure. Can have a realistic expectation. Okay. How long before I can actually get into a house or. A typical transaction is 30 to 60 days, roughly. Okay. Um, they can run longer. Um, cash transactions can run shorter. If done really quick, maybe two weeks for cash, but that would be really quick. Mm-hmm. Really quick, maybe. So that's generally your timelines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you can think of just in the related to the real estate industry for home buyers or people thinking about getting into it, uh, just stuff you wish the world knew more about? Realtors are really here to help you. Um, we do work our heinies off. Um, I think sometimes we get a bad rap. Um, and I'm not saying there isn't bad realtors out there, but the majority of us are really Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times people. when you think realtor, if, you, if you're always just watching TV, you know, you think a little more flashy or there's lots of, you know, shows that just follow yeah. realtors, a lot of yeah. crazy things going on where yeah. in reality they're more just hey, normal people providing a service, mm-hmm. trying to help um, others out. I, I feel like most realtors um, that I know truly want to help their clients and genuinely cares about them. I genuinely care about my clients. Um, my philosophy is I want to sell them something decent. So when they come back to me in 5, 8, 10, 20 years, whatever it is, that I can hand them a check. There's mm-hmm. some things that I can't control, like the market, but I want to be able to do that for them. So I kind of feel like I have a little skin in the game when I'm working for my clients. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, agents are good people and they work for the community they look out for the community Um, so love up on your agents I guess (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so I guess along with the awesomeness that agents can bring into it uh, any words of wisdom for people that may be considering um, for sale by owner anything to be Maybe aware of, yeah, or maybe a yeah. way to sway them more towards your way, whichever. Well, you know, I I always talk very openly about for sale by owners with my clients. Um, if my thoughts are, if you have enough knowledge and enough skill set to get the house sold, and you feel confident with the legalities, etc., that go along with the transaction, and you can find that buyer go for it. Mm-hmm. Do it. As long as you have enough knowledge and education. Um, I, don't, I don't care. However, your house is your biggest asset generally most of the time. Mm-hmm. And realtors can, I think the stat was 17% houses sell more. Higher if listed with a realtor, a house will sell 17% higher, if I remember correctly. 
Um, okay, so 17% minus that six, and so let's say another it's 10%. It's still higher. When you yeah. think about such a big yeah. asset, that's... Because you're opening it up to, oh, well, I think our MLS has 23, 2,600 realtors now. You're opening mm, it up mm-hmm. to all those realtors yeah. and all of their clients. Um, I'm not against for sale by owners, as long as they know what they're doing um, and can help get the transaction closed. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't have a clue, and you don't mm-hmm. know the ins and outs, get it listed with a professional yeah. that can help you. Yeah, makes sense. Like like you said, it's your biggest asset. Mm-hmm. If you one getting screwed over one time with something like that, it could be yep. a real life changer. Or... And, and just seller's disclosures in themselves. Um, seller disclosures are what sellers fill out regarding their property to convey their knowledge to the buyer. Okay. And that is a large legal document and people take those so lightly, um, Mm. but they shouldn't be at all. Yeah, Um, so how can that impact situations? Um, Or is there, so is there like certain things that you're legally required to say on mm -hmm, there or, mm Like if is things that if they didn't say that but were found later, can that cause problems? A hundred percent. So if the seller has had water in the basement, for example, and they mm-hmm. did not disclose that, then and the buyer found out that the seller knew that and had proof of that, that could be huge. Okay. So um, I have found the more you fill those out honestly, Mm-hmm. Um, and just tell the truth, um, the better results it's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we, we covered lots of good info. Hopefully I, we were able to give some insight into the younger generation thinking about getting into realty and the, the steps for that and then also kind of give people a picture of, oh, if they're going to buy a buy or sell home for the first time. Uh, so red carpet time for you if people are in uh, the greater Des Moines area or what's kind of your distance that you'll usually help out with? Oh, I probably go 50 to 60 miles Des Moines radius metro. All right. So, so. yep. So anything greater Des Moines, maybe even a little further, uh, say they're looking to buy a house or sell a house and they think you'd be a good fit for them, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, yeah. Please just call or text at 515 537 Five two six three. I would love to help. Awesome. All right, everybody. So if you're selling or looking to buy a house, check out Kate with Coldwell Bankers. Kate, I appreciate the time today. Uh, like you're saying, you you work your tail off. You're very busy, so I really, really appreciate uh, being able to sit down with you and get some of this information out into the world. And hopefully, uh, this can maybe bring you a couple of clients, and everybody wins. Sounds good. Thanks, Austin. Thanks for having me. That wraps it up for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you are in the Des Moines area and looking to purchase a house or sell a house, definitely reach out to Kate. As you can tell, she's definitely an expert in the industry, works very hard, and always wants to get the best result for her clients. If you want to learn more about me and my business, you can look me up, Austin Shadle and Shadle Solutions, on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to sharing the next episode.